this Friday, August 11th MLB betting picks show on this MLB gambling podcast on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by our Patreon score exclusive perks, content and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a thousand dollar prize. Join today at sports gambling slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by parlay play. Parlay plays a lead pipe locking for parlaying player props. Go to parlayplay.io and use promo code SGP for a 100% deposit bonus today. Welcome, everyone, to the MLB Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, August the 10th, currently 5.03 on the East Coast. Here to break down our MLB betting picks for the Friday uh, games. And joining me, as usual, to help me break it down, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, WNBA, NBA, NFL, and of course, here on the MLB show, it's Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, how's it hanging, my man? Yeah, doing pretty well. Uh, swept the podcast yesterday, or the last time I was on, which was nice. I had the Braves team total over five and a half with Lante, and that ended up getting there. And then I faded the Yankees because the White Sox were underdogs with Severino on the mound for some reason. So plus 105 worked out. And uh, yeah, using an opener for Severino didn't fix the fact that he's not a good pitcher. <laughs> yeah, I saw that last night uh, when the Yankees uh, were playing the White Sox. Didn't work out very well for uh, Severino and the Yankees. Uh, but the highlight of the season so far, the Yankees has to be that Aaron Boone ejection with Las Diaz. I thought that was. That <laughs> That's was got to be Severino's last appearance, right? Is he going Phantom IL? Like I, I got to assume. Yeah. So, right? Anytime man, you never know. Anytime we're fading these pitchers, man, it's like the next day they go on magically the 15-day IL that they get designated for excitement. <laughs> uh, but also joining us here, you guys know him as the voice of the NBA Gambling Podcast, and of course, here on MLB, it's Lante Smith. Lante, how's it hanging, my man? Not bad, man. Doing pretty good. Uh, having a nice end to the week, so hopefully we can keep it going uh, into the weekend. Yeah, man, brand new series uh, starting uh, on Friday to carry us through the weekend. Uh, some intriguing matchups, some duds of the series, but hey, you know how we do it here on the MLB show. We'll break down every single game for you guys as we usually do. So, um, gentlemen, let's uh, dive right into it. The first game for the schedule. Let me get to my odd screen here. We have a 640 Eastern start between the Cleveland Guardians and the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm seeing Xavion uh, Curry is going to start here for the Cleveland Guardians, and Aaron Savali uh, gets to start here for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, lines, I'm seeing the Rays are almost a $2 favorite, minus 198, um, plus 164 on the money line for the Cleveland Guardians. Total set at 8.5. Uh, run line, minus 1.5, plus 110 for the Tampa Bay Rays. And... Uh, plus one and a half, minus one thirty for the Cleveland Guardians. Aaron Savali getting his second start, I believe, for the Rays, and he is going against his former team. His first start for the Rays, um, it could have been better, but it wasn't, I guess, too bad of a start. Uh, four and a third inning, he did allow nine hits to the Tigers, three earned runs, four strikeouts. The Rays did go to lose that game against the Tigers, four to two. Um, but that he's been pretty solid this season. He has a 2.55 record um, in 14 starts this season. Uh, last five games, including the games against uh, when he pitched for the Guardians and for the Rays, he's 2-1 with a 2.51 ERA. 
Um, on the other side, like I mentioned, uh, Xavion Curry gets to start here uh, for the uh, Guardians. Three and one on the season with a 2.95 ERA. He's kind of been alternating between um, starts and coming out of the bullpen uh, for the Guardians. His last game was a start against the Chicago White Sox. Five innings pitched, two earned runs he allowed. He's been pretty good uh, for the um, Guardians here. First play that came out to my mind, I thought that total was initially came out at seven and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Now it's uh, up to eight and a half here. Um, but I do like the under in this game. I'm not sure if I could trust the Guardians uh, to score enough runs here. And I think Aaron Savali has been pretty solid uh, this season, like I mentioned. I think the Rays, you know, probably should be able to get up to about four to five runs here. Um, not going to lay the almost $2 price here with the Rays. I would look at the run line if you do like the Rays here. Um, but I think I do like the under eight and a half in this game here, Lante. Yeah, I'm with you. Can't look any other way besides uh, the Rays if you want to get have some action on the actual, um, you know, outcome of the game. But I like the under. I mean, Cleveland's hitting under 200 in the last 10 games, uh, one run or less in the last three games. They've lost seven of 10. Um, I mean, Tampa Bay is one seven of 10. They've been playing pretty decent offensively, uh, four more runs scored in four of the last five. Uh, but I like the under a lot more. I mean, Tampa's under in six of the last 10. Uh, Cleveland's under in eight of their last 10. They've been under in four straight. I don't think we see a lot of runs here. I could see a 3-2 game, maybe even a 2-1 game here. So I love the under in this matchup. Scott? Yeah, I'm on the under as well. Uh, I had the under in Savali's first start with the Rays on the Lock, Dog, and Total podcast on Saturday, and that got mm-hmm. there. But I do think when you're looking at the actual matchup here, Curry's been good, whether he's been a starter or a reliever, and Savali's been, for the most part, good this season. Now, it's always an interesting spot when you're against a team that just traded you, because on one hand, either the team knows all about you, so you're going to struggle, or on the other hand, you're pissed they traded you, so you're going to have a good start. So it could go either way. But I do think, once again, with Cleveland's series against Toronto, the weather was beneficial to the overs in that series, and neither team could hit, and every game went under. In fact, you had a one nothing game in back-to-back days. So Cleveland can't really hit. Tampa's been better offensively, but I, I still don't think they're a great unit by any means. I like the under. I think eight and a half is too high. All right. Before we get over to the next game on the schedule, let me tell everyone about the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon page. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first place prize. Besides season-long contests, they also have weekly contests just for patrons, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast, completely ad-free and full of behind-the-scenes stories from SGPN. There's even a Discord channel just for patrons. Only you can prevent corporate gambling. Do your part and sign up today. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Patreon. Again, get all the details over at SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Patreon. All right, boys, let's get over to the next game on the schedule. Let's go over to another 640 Eastern start. We have the New York Yankees. They are down uh, south. They're going to South Beach to take on the Miami Marlins. I'm seeing Randy Vasquez is going to start here for the New York Yankees. And Jesus Lazardo is on the mound for the Miami Marlins. Marlins, a home favorite of minus 118 here, minus 102 on the money line for the New York Yankees. Total set at 7.5. Run line, minus 1.5, plus 160 for the Yankees, and plus 1.5, minus 192 for the Miami Marlins here. Scott, what do we got? 
So I was going to blindly take Miami because I think Lazardo's better than whoever the Yankees are going to throw out there. Lazardo, I will admit, has not been great his last two outings as he has given up four earned in each of the last two starts. But overall at home this season, it's been solid. 2.64 ERA and 78 and a third. And we know the Yankees can't hit. They lost a series to the White Sox, which is almost impossible to do because they couldn't hit. They had the bases loaded a bunch in that series. And I think they scored maybe once with the bases loaded in like four or five innings. So... Yeah, I don't trust this team at all. They're looking at Miami. Lazardo, I do think, is going to strike out basically half the team. He should probably end up with 10 strikeouts, maybe look for a Lazardo strikeout prop in this game. But I'm going to go with Miami. They've been good at home this season. Yes, I know the team has kind of fallen apart lately, but so is the Yankees. So that kind of balances out. But I think that Miami, once again, being 34 and 24 at home, while the Yankees are 24 and 28 on the road. The Yankees are going to throw together either Vasquez or a bullpen day or something, but I'm not that optimistic about it. I'll take Lazardo at a short price at home. Lante? Yeah, I'm with you here. I like both uh, Miami and the under here. Uh, both teams went under in 60 uh, of the total games this year. That's about 55% uh, on the season. Uh, Yankees, Scott mentioned it. Lineup has been atrocious. I mean, they're under in six of the last 10. Miami's under in seven of the last 10, including four straight. Uh, I thought Miami was fortunate to, you know, to not get swept by Cincinnati. I, I felt like Cincinnati gave those games away. Moon off. I know we were both on Cincinnati and a couple of. Forget about getting swept. They won the series. Yeah, yeah, but I, there were like a few. They were literally like well, a they, few. they should have gotten swept. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't like they won one game. They won two games. They probably shouldn't have won. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know how much I, I want to, you know, put forth on it, like a, a dollar amount, but just a slight edge to um, Lazardo at home and two earned runs or less in five of his last six starts. Uh, New York inconsistent. I mean, I just you just never know what you're going to get with them. Scott, you mentioned that Miami's really good on the road. I I like the under more than I like the side, but I still will go with um, Miami at home. Yeah, Lazardo is a guy that I trust more at home this season for the Miami Marlins. Four, or, sorry, thirteen home starts uh, for Lazardo. The uh, Marlins are ten and three straight up in his starts. Um, in those 13 games, six, five, and two uh, towards the over. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, Scott, that again, with this Yankees offense, I think everybody knows that, that you have to score runs to win games. doesn't matter how well you pitch. You still got to score some runs to win ball games. I think it just kind of boils down to that for me. So uh, I'm with you guys. I'll take the Marlins here. Uh, look at the first five under maybe in this game as well uh, between these two squads. Uh, next game on the board is the 705 Eastern Star, the Cincinnati Reds. They are in Pittsburgh to take on the Pirates. Uh, Andrew Abbott gets to start here for the Reds, and Johan Aviedo gets to start here for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, the Reds are a road favorite of minus 122, plus 102 on the money line for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Total set at nine with Vic towards the over at minus 115. Run line minus one and a half, plus 140 for the Reds. And plus one and a half minus 166 here for the uh, Pirates here. Uh, Scott, what do we got? So even though I think Abbott's the better pitcher here, I'm actually going to go with Pittsburgh. I thought they actually looked pretty good against Atlanta. Now, the bullpen blew a game or two. You can make an argument they might have swept that series. The bullpen was really bad, but they've been hitting, simply put. I mean, the offense looked good. They scored seven runs on Monday against Elder. Uh, I know I gave out the team total over three and a half on VEASAN, but Pittsburgh's been good, simply put. And you're looking at the Reds, and they're the opposite opposite side of the coin for that Miami series. It's extremely heartbreaking when you lose a series you need to win, but when you lose in that fashion, in addition to all the struggles you've had recently, it's probably not going to go well. It's going to snowball quickly, but this bullpen can't hold the lead. And I think that even if Abbott pitches well, 
I'm not sure he's going to go long enough to actually can really just limit the damage from the bullpen. But Pittsburgh's been good. Just simply put, I've mentioned it before, bad teams have stretches. We saw Oakland win, for example, like seven straight. Kansas City won seven straight or eight straight about a week or two ago. Pittsburgh's offense, which isn't the greatest on paper, has been good. And Cabrian Hayes came back from injury. He's been solid lately. But simply put, I really don't want to lay money with the Reds when I know their bullpen can't hold leads. And Pittsburgh, I thought, kind of held their own against Atlanta over the last couple days. Yeah, um, Avieto has been pretty solid for the Pittsburgh Pirates over his last five games, three and one with a 2.32 ERA. He's gone at least seven innings in three of his last five starts, and the Pirates have won three straight starts uh, back-to-back games. He's uh, gone seven innings uh, for this Pirates team, 14 innings pitch, eight hits. He's only allowed one earned run in that span. Walks are a concern for him. He's allowed at least three walks in uh, four of his last five starts, but uh what you mentioned, Scott, especially against that Braves team that they were able to put up runs. And um, if it wasn't for the bullpen, that possibly you could have seen the Pirates sweep the Braves um, in this uh, series to start the week. So I'll lean with the Bra- uh, sorry, with the Pirates here as well. I, I lean towards the over in this game as well. Um, I think both teams can put up runs. And like we've said, uh, the Reds bullpen uh, just can't you know protect the lead. I think the sa- same thing we saw against the Pirates as well. So uh pirates money line and over for me here lante yes i'm gonna go the other way i like cincinnati in the under um i like the under more than i like cincinnati uh i think we'll see you know pretty much a pitching duel i think you guys ran down the numbers um of abbott and um avieto i guess i'll add a few uh one earned run or less in four of his last five this is um this is for avieto and at home he's allowed two earned runs or less in six of his last eight starts i mean cincinnati is you know they haven't found their offense they're under in five straight and I think that's a direct reason of why they've lost seven of the last ten. They just can't win close games. So if their offense isn't humming, they just they can't get it together to win a close game. Um, whether that's bullpen or just coming up short in key spots with men on bases, uh, they just can't figure it out. And Scott mentioned Abbott, you know, been shaky ten and runs in his last two starts. But if you extract, you know, a bigger sample size, he's been pretty fine. I mean, one earned run or fewer in four of his last six road starts. He's got three shutouts in that span. Um and Pittsburgh was good against Atlanta. Uh, they, like, really good, uh, surprisingly. Um, but I like Cincinnati to get back on track here. I think they're, you know, they're good on the road, 31-26. and 26. And with Abbott on the mound, I think they'll I think they'll get back on track. You know, offensively, I'm kind of worried. But, again, that's one of the reasons why I like it under. I can see a, a 4-3 type of game here. Yeah, I think that – I think if you like an under, I would probably go first five under personally. Yeah, because yeah I, I would just, split I it. trust yeah. his bullpens. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to do. I was split – uh half unit on the first five half unit on the full game yeah uh all right let's get over to the next game on the schedule we have a 707 eastern start uh the chicago cubs they are headed up north to take on the toronto blue jays javier Assad gets a start here for the chicago cubs and uh jose Barrios gets a start here for the toronto blue jays blue jays are a minus 162 home favorite plus 136 on the money line for the cubs here Total is set at nine with Vic towards the over at minus 118. Run line minus one and a half plus 120 for the Blue Jays and plus one and a half minus 142 here for the Chicago Cubs. Yolante, what do we got? Yeah, so uh, for whatever reason, they opened this up like Toronto minus like 112, 111. I thought it was way too short. Um, I know they're struggling offensively and I know the Cubs have been good uh, offensively, but I mean, Toronto at home, I, I just I don't think you can go again. And this is an opener, if I'm not mistaken, for the Cubs, right? 
Assad doesn't typically go length, so yeah, if he, he doesn't does go start, long. He'll probably go four, maybe right. three, but you're gonna see right. some type somewhat of, of an opener. Yeah, yeah, somewhat. Yeah, so yeah, I don't. I mean, if you're not pitching, you know, Strowman, Steele, I don't, especially on the road against a good team. I mean, I know they struggled offensively, four earned runs combined in our last three games, but. I mean, I'm pretty sure they'll find their offense at home. So I like Toronto here. Berrios is only allowed over two earned runs once in his last six home starts, so he's pitching well at home. I think the offense can wake up. Obviously, they're missing Boba Shit at the top of that lineup. But, um, I mean, with the Cubs going with an opener, I'll go with Toronto here at home. I mean, they're 30 and 24. They usually dominate as a favorite. They're 44 and 36 on the season as a favorite. Uh, I'll, give me Toronto here. Yeah, uh, I mean, like you mentioned, that Asad doesn't go very many innings. He did get the start in his last game, which was against the Braves. Uh, he just went three and two-thirds innings um, in that game. Fell out five hits, two and run to the Braves. Uh, the Cubs actually did go on to win that game eight to six, but um, it seems like he's probably going to go maybe, what, two or three innings here uh, for the Cubs. But like you mentioned, uh, Jose Beers has been pretty solid for this Blue Jays team, especially at home, four and three with a 2.72 ERA. Uh, his last start was in Boston, five and two thirds, six hits. He allowed three earned runs. Uh, but like I mentioned, solid uh, pitcher at home. I'm waiting for this offense to come out for the Blue Jays, man. I know there's multiple opportunities for them today um, in their loss against the Guardians. I got I got a uh, rant about that game in a don't, second. Don't, don't remind me. I had them. I had them. <laughs> uh, I, got, I have a rant, but I'll let Munaf continue. Got good CLV um, and everything. It's, it's, uh, it's honestly this – at the beginning of the season, I think of the last two seasons where you – Saw this lineup on paper that you would think that they would be one of the better ones in the entire MLB. But I think it's a managerial thing uh, for this Toronto Blue Jays team. Something similar that we talked about, like with the St. Louis Cardinals. But um, I'll lean with the Blue Jays here as well, man. Um, Again, I just don't trust the offense, but Barrios is in good form right now. Uh, He's just got to get the run support here. So uh, I'll I'll go with the uh, Blue Jays here, Scott. Yeah, for me, should I start off with the pick or the rant? Uh, why don't you start with a pick, and then you could go into the rant. All right, so for the pick, I think I'm going to lean to Toronto. I'm not sold on what the Cubs are going to do pitching-wise, but that Mets series was brutal for the Cubs for a couple reasons. One, because they kept pitching to Alonzo. He homered in every game. I don't know why you're even bothering at that <laughs> point, but I think when I'm looking at the Cubs, I do think in this spot they were kind of overachieving based on how good they were offensively. Yeah. I'm not sure how much of their offensive success over the past couple of weeks was the fact that it was at home. And they had a decent amount of wind-blowing out games and facing off against Cincinnati helped. And the Atlanta series was fun too, but they were a lot of home games. And now they went back on the road and they really didn't do much offensively against the Mets. In fact, they scored less than four runs in every game. I am wondering how much of that offensive explosion was based on the wind conditions in Chicago. And I do think some regression was due. But you're looking at... Berrios, and I gave him a lot of hard time. I gave him a hard time uh, during the first couple starts of the year and last year, mostly because of the fact Toronto paid a ton of money for him. But he's been good at home, 2.72 ERA, and I do think that he's in line to pitch pretty well here. Toronto at home this season, I do think, you know, is fine, could be better, but I, I think when you're looking at the spot, I'm not sold in Assad and whatever combo the Cubs are going to use. So I think for that reason, I'm going to lean to the Blue Jays and have faith. But... Uh, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts there. 30 and 24, though, not bad at home for Toronto. Cubs are below 500 on the road. So I'm going to lean to the Blue Jays in the spot. Okay. Lead us into your rant. So going into the game, you see Cindergaard's on the mound. At that point, how do you not blindly attempt more than one stolen base in the entire game? 
They had like eight base runners and five and two thirds against Cindergard, and they only stole one base. How does that happen? What kind of, it's, a, it's a managerial it, it, thing. It's 100% a managerial thing, but I got to at least bring it up because Cindergard's yeah. been giving up stolen bases for free to everybody. And it wasn't even like Kirk getting hits or people that can't run. Merrifield got a hit. Springer got a hit. He stole a base too. But I don't know how you're not endlessly running every time you get on base against Cindergard. And that's why they scored three runs because they didn't get enough guys into scoring yeah. position and they should have stolen some bases. So that goes back to Munaf's point which was the manager is really not good and only stealing one base against Cindergard in the entire start is embarrassing because the rest of the league stealing three, four bases every time he's on the mound. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, guys, before we get over to the next game on the schedule, let me tell everyone about the newest sponsor on the sports gambling podcast network. That is going to be parlay play. We're brought to you by parlay play. Parlay play is a great way to get down on your favorite parlayed player props. Football season is right around the corner, and Parlay Play will have all your favorite props. Parlay Play is available in a ton of states, including California and Texas, plus our good friends up north. Parlay Play is available in a bunch of provinces in Canada. And when you sign up with our code, you'll get a sweet bonus to get started. Uh, Head over to parlayplay.io. Make sure to use that promo code SGP, because when you do, you get a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, that's parlayplay.io, promo code SGP for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. All right, guys, next game on the board. It is going to be a 7-10 Eastern start. We have the Atlanta Braves. They are uh, headed to New York City to take on the Mets. I am seeing Charlie Morton's going to get the start here for the Atlanta Braves, and Tyler McGill is on the mound for the uh, New York Mets. The Braves are a minus 180 road favorite here, plus 150 on the money line for the New York Mets. Total set at 9.5 with juice towards the under at minus 115. Run line minus 1.5, minus 108 for the Braves. And plus 1.5, minus 112 for the New York Mets. Um, I think just off the bat, we should probably just go ahead and say that you should be on the Braves team total, whether it's at <laughs> should be 5.5, like it has been this past several yeah. Uh, I think today was the only game that didn't get there against the Pirates. Um, not only scoring five runs, but uh, they did come from behind in the first two games uh, to get over their team total. But Tyler McGill this season, 6-5 and five with a 5.45 ERA. His last five games, 1-2 and two with a 7.36 ERA. He's allowed 18 earned runs and 22, thirds, uh, sorry, 22 innings pitched. Uh, his last game, or his last two starts, I should say, was against the Astros. And the Baltimore Orioles, uh, pretty good offenses. Uh, top five, I can think we can make the argument uh, for sure in the entire MLB this season. A lot of total of nine earned runs and just seven innings pitched against those two squads. And now you're going up against a top two offense, if not the best offense next to the Rangers, probably um, in the Atlanta Braves. Uh, four of his last five starts, the Mets have lost and they have lost. Um, Three of those games by multiple runs. Charlie Morton on the other side here for the Atlanta Braves on the season. He is 10 and 10 with a 3.86 ERA has been in trouble of his last five games where he's just one and four with a 5.40 ERA. He's out 16 earned runs and 26 innings pitched. Uh, the Braves unfortunately have lost four straight starts when Morton is on the mound. Um, and he's also been giving up runs here. And uh, walks have been also a problem for Charlie Morton. He's allowed at least three walks in four straight starts. Um, and he's given up at least three earned runs um, 
in I should, sorry, he's given up four earned runs and throughout his last four starts. So number one, again, check the weather in this game, but I do like the over first five uh, over in this game. The Braves, we talked about it earlier when we were talking about the Pirates, that the pitching edge just hasn't been there. The Pirates are able to get some hits as well. So I think the Mets, you know, can tack on some runs here against the Braves. I and mean, we the Braves often speaks for themselves. Anytime they're down, you know, two nothing, three nothing, they always have the offensive firepower to come back and and you know, at least tie up the game or maybe get the outright victory. But I do see runs in this game with that's first five innings uh, or full game over nine and a half. Um, lean with the Braves here, but I love the total more on the over here, Lante. Yeah, I love the Braves. Also, um, however, you can get them. I like the team total, like you mentioned. Um, if you don't want to lay the one eighty, I think. I mean, I think that's a. I think that should be closer to two hundred. It might close closer to two hundred. I mean, Atlanta's on the Mets. Uh, they've won twelve of the last fourteen, including five of six this year. Uh, in those six games this year, they're outscoring them forty-two to thirty-two. Four of the Atlanta wins were by two plus runs. Um, so, I mean, they've been dominant against this team, no matter where they're playing at, whether it's in New York or in Atlanta. Um, I like the over also. I mean, Morton, you mentioned it since July going into August, 16 earned runs in his last four starts. Uh, the Mets did get four off of him back in the June matchup. But, I mean, that was essentially him making, like, one mistake. I think he gave up a, a two-run blast in maybe, like, a third or fourth inning, and uh, that kind of snowballed effect into the next inning. So, no, he, was, he wasn't horrible, but just made a few mistakes there. Uh, McGill, four-plus earned runs in five of his last seven starts. I don't trust the Mets at all. I think we can see some runs, uh, a lot of people on bases. I mean, the Mets might score, you know, seven or eight by themselves. So I like the over. Uh, I like Atlanta. Uh, Scott? Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with the over in this one. I'm not really going to overthink this. I am an only to Atlanta as well, but the starters have been a bit concerning lately, and the bullpen hasn't been great either. So I do think Atlanta might give up a couple more runs to the Mets than you might think. But I do when you're looking at Morton, you mentioned the numbers a second ago, but he has given up at least four earned in three of his last four starts. And he's also not gone much length. Uh, to look at his numbers against the Mets, though, uh, just pulling that up with the uh, batter versus pitcher numbers, the Mets have been okay against him. They faced him a lot. They've had 162 plate appearances against them. 240 batting average is not great, but a 315 on base percentage. And once again, a big reason for that is the 16 walks. So I I can see traffic on the base paths here. I'm not even going to bother mentioning McGill. I think he's going to get killed in the starts. I'm not really going to bother explaining that. But I think when you're looking at Morton, he's going to give up a couple runs. Maybe Alonzo takes him deep. We'll see. But I do think when you're looking at this matchup, the Mets aren't going to be able to get many outs in this series, in my opinion. Uh, because we know how deep Atlanta's offense is. And even that series against Pittsburgh, they weren't great wins and losses-wise, but they scored runs in every game. It wasn't like the offense let them down or anything. And I do think when you're looking at this series, you're going to see some runs, especially from Atlanta. But I'm going to go with the over here. I think maybe Mets team total over is worth a look if you can find maybe a flat four. It's a bit yeah. risky because, once again, the offense is a bit top-heavy there with the lineup. But I'm going to lean to the over. I see runs in this game. Yeah, back-to-back starts this season. Or, sorry, not back-to-back starts, but uh, the two starts this season. Um, Charlie Morton has faced the Mets. He's allowed at least four earned runs um, within those, I want to say, the first five innings as well. So, again, walks have been also a concern. He allowed three walks back on May 1st to the Mets. And then uh, June 7th was the latest start of the the Mets. Uh, four and two-thirds innings in that game. He allowed four earned runs, two on runs he gave up as well, and four walks in that game as well. So, yeah, definitely, I think we see runs, runs, runs in this game for sure. Next game on the board, gentlemen, it's going to be an 8-10 Eastern start. We have the LA Angels. They are in uh, Houston to take on the Astros. 
Um, Justin Verlander makes his first start in Houston uh, since being traded back to the Astros. Uh, he is a minus 192 home favorite here, um, plus 160 on the money line for the LA Angels. Uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned the Angels started. It is going to be Reed Detmers. Uh, eight and a half is a total in this game with the victories under at minus 120. Run line minus one and a half plus 114 for the Astros and plus one and a half minus 135 for the LA Angels um, in this game here. Scott, what do we got? For me, I feel like once again, the Astros should win this game, but it's a little bit juicy for me. The question is, do I want to take the run line? I think I might want to just take Astros team total over or first five team total over. Actually, you know what? Probably full game because the Angels' bullpen's been terrible for the last couple of weeks anyway. I think Houston's going to tee off on Detmers. I don't think Detmers is very good. I've said it yeah. for a while on this show. He's had moments where he strikes out a lot of guys, but he doesn't get many outs besides strikeouts. Just looking at his numbers here. Gave up seven earned against Seattle in his last outing. Went four and two-thirds, two runs against Toronto the start before that. He doesn't go much length. He faced off against Houston on in a game where Houston blew a massive lead a couple weeks ago and he gave up four runs in six innings. But so far this season, 0-5 record on the road, 5.49 ERA. I really don't think he's that great of a pitcher. I know he had a no-hitter and all. Congrats to him. But I think Houston's going to tee off against him. Houston's faced him twice this season, 11 innings pitched, eight earned runs, which is equivalent to a 6.55 ERA. Houston's been playing good baseball lately. I know they lost the series finale against Baltimore. I still can't believe they let Singleton hit with the bases loaded in the ninth inning. That's a separate story. Uh, but you're looking at this matchup where the main core has been hitting for Houston. I think Tucker has a shot to go deep. Maybe Jordan, maybe anybody else from the right side. But I think Astros probably would win by multiple runs. I'll lean to the team total over, though, because I do think Detmers is in line to get shelled here. A lot of what do you got? Yeah, man, this is gonna be my best bet of the show. No, I'm just playing Munaf. I, I, I told Munaf I wasn't gonna steal his thunder <laughs> with, with with the Astros. Uh, but yeah, you man, I think, you guys actually like you talk about your plays beforehand. No, nah, we just in this uh, in this chat, and I had took his play. I think uh, maybe I stole your play on the last show. We took the Braves. So. Was it? Yeah, I mean it's fine. But it was you, it two you got all ago? credit for it. On no, y'all double locked it. Y'all both both won that game. No, we yeah. did. But the Twitter post only had Lante talking about it, so I just, <laughs> I stole his. I Zuckerberged them for the pay. Hey, I'm I'm a, I'm a team player, man. It's, yeah, it's all I appreciate good. it. Yeah, I copied but, uh, your notes, you know, before the test. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I thought they opened. I mean, I'm not trying to be that guy that's, you know, that's giving out stale numbers, but they opened this like 165, 170, and I thought that was way too low for Verlander at home. Yes, yeah, so it was uh, like 166, I think. Yeah, I and I, I was yeah. like, that's that's kind of odd. I mean, especially with the way the Angels have been playing. I mean, seven. they lost seven of the last 10. Hey, they won two straight. Yeah, they're, on, well, they're, they're cooking. That's a winning yeah, streak. They I, won two I'll give straight. Him that. But I mean, this is his, this is the, I guess, the second homecoming for Verlander with Houston. Mm -hmm. So, like, I mean, they're going to be amped up. It's not like they're playing bad baseball either. I mean, they just, I mean, they probably got a little fortunate with the wins um, against Baltimore outside of today. But take those. I, I mean, they've they've won the seven of the last eleven. Um, Forty, the thirty-five and forty-five and thirty-two as a favorite. Thirty-one and twenty-five at home. I mean, offensively, I think they're hitting hitting the ball really well. Scott, you mentioned it with Detmer's five straight outings without a win. Um, he's not been able to go through five innings in three of those games. Four point seven eight ERA. And the bullpen I mean, sucks, so he's yeah, not going to go mean, any length. It's going to hurt them anyway. Yeah, so like one sixty five, one seventy as an opener, I I thought that was crazy. I thought that was crazy. I still think it's probably got a little bit more room to go. So I, I like Houston any way you can get them, man. I mean, team total, first five. Full game, uh, money line, run line, whatever you can get them at. I'm all over the strokes. 
I know BetMGM has a couple of like star player props, and they have an option. I think it's the only book that has it. You can bet on a pitcher to allow zero earned runs in oh, a wow. start. They actually have that option. Verlander might be due for it. I mean, there's a way to have a loophole on that prop is you hope the guy only goes five innings and you potentially win because the bullpen will give up the rest. But I think Verlander is going to pitch a gem here. It just yeah. feels like all the stars are aligning. Otani's been slumping a bit lately at the plate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Angels have injuries to some other guys. I think Verlander probably goes six or seven, maybe gives up yeah. one run, give or take. I could see a yeah. great star from him. And you can um, – another way to bet – like if you don't want to lay a lot of juice, you can bet Verlander to just like win the game, and you probably yeah. can get like close to even money on it. Uh, if it's like if it's one seventy five, one eighty right now, you probably can get even money on it. I think that's I think it'll a, be a little bit of a minus, probably like minus yeah, yeah, maybe, but, maybe yeah. depending on depending on the book you shop around. But a lot of books do that, and I think that's more advantageous. I mean, if you think he's gonna come out and shut him down, like you just said, Scott, I think it's good value on him to get a win versus land when whatever it is, 185, 180 or whatever. I have to compare the odds on the record win prop against the first five run one. Cause I feel like that's similar to taking a pitcher over earned runs compared to the first five team total over. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same bet, but you leave yourself extra room, you know, like for the earned run here. stuff, if you get an error and they score four runs, you just lose automatically. But for the first five, like if they're going to go over the earned runs prop, they're going to go over in the first five most of the time. If a team's going to win the game for the pitcher, usually they're winning after five. So I got to compare the odds for the win to the first five minus half. I'm assuming that Verlander is going to be cheaper, but just keep an eye on that because it's kind of the same market, slightly yeah. different, but very, very correlated. That's the yeah, kind I, of Kramer loves right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I noticed that mostly with earned runs because I see a lot of people on Twitter giving out like pitcher under and earned runs. And I'm thinking, like, why wouldn't you just save, like, 25 cents just taking first five team total under? It's basically the same thing. Yeah. Unless the guy gets shelled in the sixth. But you know what I mean? Usually, yeah. if you win one, you're going to win the other. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I agree with everything that you guys said. I think this should be a gem of start for Verlander. I think the, the crowd's definitely going to be excited getting Verlander back in his first uh, home start since the trade, at least uh, this time around. But um it's everything that Scott said that he just, I want to fade Reed Edmonds here. He just hasn't been very good against the Astros uh, throughout the past couple seasons here. And again, this should be a bounce back spot for the Astros. They are 31 and 18 straight up uh, after a loss. But again, we're looking at a minus 192 price here. But again, I'm on the Astros minus one and a half plus 114 here. Should be a good game to probably do an Astros stack. Uh, depending on what the lineup comes out again, Dusty Baker's uh, has been messing with the lineup. I know Chas McCormick got a scratch today for the Astros before the you game think McCormick started. McCormick couldn't have pinch hit in the ninth inning there at the bases loaded. Yeah. Uh, then, then again, that's what it's, it's a lot of frustration with Dusty Baker. I know they're coming off of the world series win, but I think that the, the a lot of the fan base won like AJ Hinch back because he made, a I lot couldn't of have been alone on decisions. that. Right. Well, I don't know if you were, I'm assuming you were watching that game, right? Yeah. yeah Astros fan. Yeah, well, I'm assuming you were agreeing with me. Why a singleton who has a batting average below 100 batting with the bases loaded against Batista? Well, as somebody that had a Baltimore ticket, I'm glad he did. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I know singleton's been a good story, but I think Munaf saw him come to the plate and said, please send up McCormick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, another Dusty Baker uh, blunder of a decision there. So Astros, I think in all of which way here for all of us here for this game against the Angels. Um I may have skipped over a couple games here. So let me kind of re uh, go back um, 705 Eastern star. We have the twins and the Phillies. We do have listed pitchers for this game, but no official lines yet. 
Uh, but I am seeing Dallas Keuchel is getting the start here for the Twins. And then for the Phillies, it is going to be uh, Christopher Sanchez um, getting the start there. Scott, anything we want to add for this game or if you want to handicap it here? I know Dallas Keuchel had a pretty good start, but again, it was against a lesser opponent. But um, we want to handicap this game here, even though we don't have lines yet. Yeah, for me, I'm just going to go with the Phillies team total over. I'm not going to try to rock the boat here. The offense has been great. There's really no way around it. I know they had a no-hitter, which kind of, I don't want to say takes away from the offensive explosion, but it kind of became a secondary talking point. The offense has been going crazy, at home especially, for the last week, and I don't see that changing here. Keiko was good in his first outing, but we know Arizona forgot it a hit for about a week and a half, or maybe even a month, because they have not been doing well at all. But you're looking at Philly, and once again, they're in good form. Keuchel, I think, is going to struggle here in a pretty hitters-friendly ballpark. We know that Philly has been, once again, just a full-on, just it, it never ends. It's just a full-on assault of starting pitchers, whether it's the top of the order or the bottom of the order. They called somebody up yesterday from the minors. He homered, and then he stole a base later in the game. It just feels like they have a plethora of riches. Trey Turner, remember, had a hit, which is helping out the middle of the lineup, but... I am going to go with Philly team total over. I just think they got too many guys. Yeah, Keiko, even though uh, against the Diamondbacks, at least, you know, he had five innings, one earned run, but he also did a lot of eight hits. It just seemed like the Diamondbacks weren't able to take advantage of um, with hit runners on the bases, right? So I think that with the Phillies, you can't make that mistake because, you know, what Scott mentioned, that this offense has been on absolute fire um, over the last week, uh, past couple of weeks, we can say. But, um, I know Christopher Sanchez hasn't been able to record starts. I'm sorry, uh, wins for the um, Phillies here. I'm trying to pull up his exact numbers here. Uh, he's 0-3, but he does have a 3.44 ERA, 48 strikeouts, 9 walks. Uh, last start, he did get roughed up by the Royals. Five innings, he allowed six hits, six earned runs. Two home runs, he gave up seven. He did have seven strikeouts, but uh, I agree with Scott. I think it's Phillies team total. Um, probably should probably will be five and a half. Um but nonetheless, I think this might be a start where we see Keiko of the uh, fade Keiko train like we had last season. Lance, any thoughts uh, on this game? Um, yeah, as far as the side, I mean, you know, I can't you can't really speak on it. But if the total opens anywhere like under 10, under maybe maybe even under 10 and a half, I, I would go over. Scott, you mentioned it with the, the Phillies offense, seven plus earned run. I mean, seven plus runs in four of the last five Minnesota, five plus runs in, in uh, four of the last five. So both teams playing really well. Uh, offensively, um, I mean Minnesota, they were outscored fifteen to five in their last two by Detroit. But I think both teams can have offensive success here. Um, and I, I lean Philly at, at home on, on the run line. Just, I mean, you mentioned it with Keiko, so uh, I think it'll come back down to earth against a, a better offensive team who's playing well. So um, over as long as it's under um, ten, I probably would lean over at ten. But um, yeah, that'd probably be the best play I have. And you know, of course, the Philly team total to go over. All right, and then 7.05 Eastern start, the A's and the Nationals, a toilet bowl of the weekend uh, series. Um, no lines on this game, but we do have Paul Blackburn getting the start here for the A's, and Jake Irvin is going to start here for the uh, Nationals. Um, I'll, I'll start here with um, Paul Blackburn. He's been pretty solid for the Oakland A's uh, in his starts, at least over the last couple of months. I'm trying to pull up the exact numbers here, but – um, on the season, he's two and two with a four point three five ERA. Last five five games, he made four starts. He's one and one with a four point one three ERA. Uh, over his last three starts, he's pitched a total of eighteen and no, sorry seventeen and one thirds innings. He's only allowed three earned runs. That was against the Giants, the Rockies, and the Astros. 
Um, and then on the other side, like I mentioned, we have Jake Irvin, who just has not been very good uh, for the Nationals. There was a stretch where he had about two or three good starts, but since then he's kind of regressed back to the pitcher that we've seen. But the Nationals have actually won five straight starts. Sorry, four straight starts when he is on the mound. It seems like – or at least the offense has carried uh, Jake Irvin in those starts because they scored at least five runs in um, five straight starts for um, – for their team when he is on the mound, but he's, he's going to give you up at least two, two to three earned runs on minimum and home runs are also an issue for Jake Irvin, right? He's allowed uh, three throughout his last four starts. He allowed two home runs in at least three of those games. And again, walks are concerned for him as well. So I think the A's can maybe tag him for a few runs here. Maybe a first five innings over here. I would lean with the A's here, but again, not going to be watching this game, not going to be betting this game. But if you do want to pick first five over, and I would lean with the A's. But if if you're watching this game or betting on this game, do us a favor, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Lante? Well, get the phone out because I'm betting on this game. As soon as the lines come out, man, I, I love I love betting the A's when, when Blackburn is on the mound. And I think they'll be, you know, significant, not significant, I guess they'll be slight underdogs here because of the way Washington has been playing. They won three of the last five. They also um, got no hit. So. Yeah. That's no, no, they're going to be favored in this game because uh, yeah. Oakland's underdogs to everybody. Right. But. Right. So, but my thing is with, I mean, back in, uh, back in Blackburn, I mean, you know, he does allow a lot of a decent amount of contact, but he does keep it in a park. I mean, only two home runs allowed in his last six starts. Um, look at him in the first five. He's really good in the first five. Um, he's only been trailing once in the first five in his last nine starts. Um, they're out, Oakland's actually outscoring opponents in the first five of his starts uh, in that span, 21 to 18. Doesn't seem like a lot, but for Oakland, that's an insurmountable uh, margin right there. Uh, he's pitched well versus high-quality offenses, um, two earned runs or less in four of his last five. So this is what he does against, you know, the I would consider high-quality offenses. So one earned run against Houston, two earned runs against Boston, one earned or two earned runs against Tampa, and one earned run against Atlanta. So he's in he's in good form here. I think he should have no problem with the Washington lineup. So I like uh, Oakland in the first five. Sprinkle a little bit on the money line whenever that number comes out. I have two and four straight up in the first five innings for Paul Blackburn uh, this season. Uh, Scott, any thoughts on this game? I do want to ask though. You said initially, who did you say was starting? Uh, I see Paul Blackburn for the A's and then Jake Irvin for the Nationals. Okay, so ESPN has now listed Adon as the yeah, starter. Yeah, I just seen that too. Okay, then they, they probably changed it then. Okay. Yeah, so uh, then I, guess I know Adon had a, what, a perfect game through five against the Reds last time out? And then I believe so, yeah. yeah. Something like that. But anyway, with Adon being the assumed starting pitcher, that doesn't really do anything for me. I'm going to channel my inner Malcolm here. Give me the A's first five. I'll go with Blackburn to get it done in the spot. Don't look now. Oakland shut out victory against Texas yesterday. Did they bench Corey Seager? Maybe. We're not going to talk about it. But the point is they shut down a good offense. But I think when you're looking at this matchup here, Blackburn, I think, is the better pitcher, regardless of whether it's Adon or Irvin. But Oakland, they're not a good team. I'm aware of that. But the Nationals are also not a good team at home. They're 22 and 34 at home. So they've been much better on the road than at home by comparison. But I think for this matchup in itself, with Adon being on the mound, I think Washington will definitely be favored in the spot because Adon had a decent start last time out. So with that being the case, I'll take the A's at maybe plus money in the first five. I'll put faith in Blackburn. I don't really trust the bullpens though. And I think as a result, I'm just going to go with Blackburn to do his thing. All right. All right. Uh, so does, does your opinion on the game change since it's it Adon over? Yeah. yeah I didn't, I I didn't would, think it would. 
Yeah, yeah I, I think I agree with what Lante said that if you're g- going to bet this game, A's first five innings uh, with Blackburn on the mound makes a, a lot of sense. And the, and the numbers are backing it up as well. You know, Malcolm's betting it off camera. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't even need to uh, You don't even need to mention it. You know, he's already going to be on. I think every game he's probably just putting A's uh, first I really want to know a season number of what the A's first five is just in every capacity, just for reference. Uh, probably see. not good, but you never know because they get paid. It's a lot of money. <laughs> when, awesome. when, when Blackburn's pitching, they're really good. First five, really. Yeah, really that good doesn't surprise me. The really rest of the team, I, I don't know. Probably not great. Yeah. Uh, so first five innings this season for the A's: thirty-three, sixty-three, and nineteen. I'm trying to think of what their usual price range is. And, and Blackburn was, and Blackburn probably won like like half of those. Yeah, so yeah. once again, you're, you're down units, but you're down a lot less than if you're betting full games. <laughs> if that makes yeah. you feel any better. Let me see. And starter, let's see. Paul, so Paul Blackburn, um, like I mentioned, 5-2-4 and four in the first five innings. You would be – let me see if I can find some numbers But if you here. bet the if, – if you probably – like if you bet the, the run line at the plus uh, the plus I have, you're probably coming out profiting on, on Blackburn a lot because those four pushes would be wins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 100%. Yeah. All right. Uh, next game on the board, guys. Let's go over to the south side of Chicago. 810 Eastern start, the Milwaukee Brewers. They are headed to the south side to take on the White Sox. Corbin Byrne gets to start here for the Milwaukee Brewers, and Michael Kopech gets to start here for the Chicago White Sox. Brewers are a minus 166 road favorite here, plus 140 on the money line for the Chicago White Sox. Total set at 8.5 with juice towards a little bit of juice towards the over at minus 112. Run line minus 1.5, minus 108 for the Brewers, and plus 1.5, minus 112 here for uh, the Chicago White Sox. Um, Start here with Corbin Burns. Burns, um, I think we talked about this uh, on one of the preview shows, or maybe an episode after the all-star break that maybe to consider Burns for uh national league MVP, uh, sorry, not MVP Cy Young, but last well, five we games, talk, we tabled how good he had to be. Yeah. Like if he had to be CC Sabathia in the second half to win the potential Cy Young, let me see. He, he's not, he hasn't been that, that time, good, right? but he's been, he's been really consistent and really solid. Yeah, I think he was twenty or twenty-five to one at the time. Let me see the updated number here. If there is one, it's mostly so down a ten to one race, according to most people. But yeah, Strider is not going to win it. So basically, I got twenty-two. I got twenty-two and twenty for him. Okay. Yeah, so it's yeah four horse race between Gallon Snell, Snyder. Oh, sorry, it's not Snyder. Uh, Strider and then Justin Steele. Well, yeah, Strider's not going to win it. I think Strider's in last there. So he's only there for the strikeouts, but the ERA is too high. He's not going to yeah. win it. Uh, I'm pulling for our guy Justin Steele to get that Cy Young award. Um, dinner on Mia for sure. If, if, uh, if just doesn't still gets the, uh, gets the Cy Young award in the for, national For me, League. the Burns conversation is kind of similar. It's not the exact same because Freeman's been great all year long. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to the Freeman MVP conversation in the national league where you're looking yeah. at the numbers and you're like, you know, this guy should be under serious consideration. And you look at the price and you basically just say, well, if, unless this guy gets hurt, he's clearly going to win the award because Acuna is going to steal 60 bases. So it's not really going to matter. It's kind of the same boat, in my opinion, with Burns, where no matter how good he pitches, I think it's going to be too little too late. Yeah. You have this many contenders, and I think Burns should be relatively near Strider. You can interpret that how you want, but I'm really, I don't think Strider's got a shot to win the award based on his current form. So I think Burns should be closer to like 15 to 1 or 10 to 1. But you go he's through 10 to the numbers. What? Right he's ten to one right now. He's ten to one. Okay, yeah. so that dropped in half basically since we talked. No, about no, no, it. no. I was saying I got Burns at twenty in twenty-two to to win. Oh, my bad. 
Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I thought you meant it was currently 20. No, no, no. Okay, no, no, so no, 10 I, to I 1, Burns, I mean, that's kind of yeah, what we were thought would happen with Burns. I think he should be around the same price as Strider. So I think that the argument for Burns is nobody's claimed it yet. He's making a great push for it. I do think since nobody's talking about him, though, they're probably not going to give it to him back to back. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, I would consider voting for him, though. I'm not sold on anybody. Snell I'd probably vote for, but the lack of innings is going to be a problem in every single Cy Young campaign that Snell has. The walks are also concerned for him as well, uh, yeah. for Blake Snell. Uh, but we'll talk about him. Uh, he's, I think he's on the schedule to pitch against. To circle the, back, Burns has been very good for about two months. Yeah, uh, and as again, his career against the National League, uh, sorry, the American League, he's been really good as well. 12-2 and two with a 2.19 ERA in 24 appearances against the American League. Now, this season, it hasn't been as good, uh, at least in the last two starts where he faced the two AL Central teams, uh, the Twins and the Guardians, allowed three earned runs and four earned runs respectively. But um, Michael Kopech on the other side, uh, on the season, he is... 5-10 and 10 with a 4.43 ERA. He's gotten into a lot of trouble uh, at home. In 11 starts, he's just 1-6 with a 4.45 ERA. Uh, the White Sox have lost three out of his – sorry, two out of his last three starts. Um, and again, a pitcher that walks are another concern with. He's allowed at least four walks in four of his last five starts. Um, last five starts, 15 strikeouts, 18 walks he's allowed, and 14 earned runs in 21 and uh, two-thirds innings pitched. Um it's tough to take the Brewers on the run line because they really don't win by margin. Um, Cause I've been burned by them twice. I know I picked them, I think over the last two weeks on the run line and they won the game exactly by one run in those spots, but I'll lean here with the Brewers uh, on the money line here. Um, I don't trust this white Sox team. Corbin Burns, like we mentioned, is just in really good form right now and has a lot of success against American league teams as well. So uh, Brewers for me here, Lante. Yeah, this is another one that the odds makers opened it a little bit too low. They opened it probably about ten to twelve cents lower than what it what it currently is right now. Uh, I think it's still too short for Burns. I mean, you guys mentioned how good he's been. I mean, he hasn't allowed over two earned runs since June twenty fifth, and he hasn't allowed over four hits in that same span. So he is dialed in completely. Um, I mean, Milwaukee's twenty nine twenty seven on the road. Chicago's five under at home um, as a favorite. Milwaukee dominates thirty two and twenty six. Uh, Chicago is 28 and 51 as a dog. Um, I mean, I know, you know, the White Sox have won four of the last five, but I wouldn't put too much stock in it with two below average teams in the Yankees and, and Cleveland. Uh, I mean, I think this price is, is kind of short for, for Burns. I also like the under um, both teams, under teams all year. Milwaukee's 59% to the under at home. I mean, on the road, uh, Chicago's under in seven of the last 10 and 56% at home to the under. So, I think first five under Chicago team total under and Milwaukee. Uh, I know they burned you went off. I'll take them uh, on that run line also. So I like Milwaukee a lot here. Scott. Yeah, I'm on Milwaukee. Chicago did their park. They won a series against the Yankees. They're going to get blasted. I'll go with the uh, Brewers run line here. Uh, The Brewers had a pretty inconsistent series against the Rockies, but they got a nice extra innings win there. Uh, They ended up winning two out of three, I believe, in that series. Mm -hmm. Didn't look great, though, but I think Burns is once again going to shut down Chicago because Chicago's offense, besides Robert, is useless. So I think that when you're looking at how this is going to unfold, you're probably going to see Kopech give up a couple runs here and there. Uh, The White Sox bullpen, though, was really bad. Once again, the Yankees got a lot of guys on base. They just couldn't score. But I do think you're looking at Burns probably once again going – Six innings, seven innings, two runs, and I think the Brewers probably win a low-scoring game. I'm going to lean to the under, but I think the Brewers probably win this one five to two, give or take. 
All right, four games left on the board here. Let's go 940 Eastern start. The San Diego Padres, they are in Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks. Blake Snell gets to start here for the San Diego Padres. And Ryan Nelson gets to start here for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Padres are a minus 160 road favorite here, plus 136 on the money line for the Diamondbacks. Total set at nine. Run line, minus one and a half, even money for the Padres, and plus one and a half, minus 120 for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, uh, Scott, what do we got? Uh, so for this one, I think I have to go with the Padres' first five run line in this one. I mentioned it a second ago in the NL Cy Young candidacy. Snell's a very good pitcher for five innings. And then he stops pitching. So I'm not going to take the Padres' bullpen. The bullpen sucks. I, I really just can't. They're an unserious franchise. You should have blown the whole team up, but they didn't. I'll back Snell early. We know Arizona can't score. And we know that Arizona can't find ways to win games. Feel bad for Mer- Merrill Kelly, though. Pitched well yeah. against yeah, a team he that he sucks against. And yeah. they still lost 2-0. So damn shame for him. But anyway, they can't win games. It's just, it just how it goes. Arizona is now... What are they below 500 now? They one game under. Uh, let's see here. They're either at 500 or one under. I think they're one under. They should. I think the last game they lost, so they should be one. They under. lost two nothing. Yeah. That was the last game. Yeah, eight in a, eight in a row. They've lost 57 and 58. Yeah, so they're one under. They lost eight straight. I can't take mm-hmm. them, but I'm not going to take the Padres first five because this would be a game that San Diego finds a way to lose because it's San Diego. Give me the Padres' first five. I think Snell pitches well. I think Arizona probably scores maybe one run or no runs. This might be a start where I mentioned before the BetMGM prop of no earned runs allowed. You hope Snell goes five innings and stops pitching, and it's like 2 nothing. So give me the Padres' <laughs> first five run one. Yeah, I mean, Nelson has – I came back Nelson at home. It, it's been a night and day difference for him. Uh, if you take a look at his home and road splits – uh, four and two with a 3.30 ERA on the road this season, 73 and two thirds innings pitch. He's allowed 27 earned runs in that span. At home, two and four with an 8.01 ERA, 43 earned runs allowed in 48 and one third innings pitched at home this season. And he struggled in his career uh, against the uh, San Diego Padres. Uh, just to put it into context, uh, since the 2022 season last year, uh, and then including this season, he's made four starts against the Padres. He's one and one with a 4.43 ERA. This season in San Diego, five innings pitches out, three earned runs. And then uh, back on April 20th at home, five innings pitches out, five earned runs uh, to the San Diego Padres. And Blake Snell in his career has been pretty solid against this Arizona Diamondbacks team. If you just want to, uh, if we kind of look at his numbers since he joined the Padres, um, trying to pull that up here. Let's see. Um, this goes all the way back to 2019, but really since 2021, since he joined the Padres, four and one with a 0.84 ERA, 63 strikeouts and seven starts against the uh, Padres. So I do like the run line here for the um, for the Padres. And again, we can't trust his Arizona Diamondbacks uh, bullpen either. So Padres, uh, in every which way, team totals, like Scott said, first five innings and then uh, full game for me here as well. Lonzo. I don't mind a live over, though. If you see Snell get pulled, I would not mind an over because you might see some fireworks in the final three innings of this game. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I couldn't look anywhere other than San Diego. Got to keep fading Arizona. I mean, they lost nine of the last ten. They've only scored over three runs once in the last five games. Uh, Can you fire I mean, the manager for this? 
Uh, like you make an argument that they overachieved yeah, early, but you got to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Snell, just unreal the last three months. Nine earned runs combined in his last 14 starts. Eight shutouts in that span. <laughs> that's so dumb. That's, that's insane. Nine earned that's 14 insane. starts. Um, yeah, uh, and he's had eight shutouts in, in that in that span, too. So, yeah, I would look at maybe Arizona team total to go under, and I'll probably lay the run line with, with San Diego now. It's it's going to be tough to stomach it, but if they get out early, um, jump out early on Nelson, I mean, he's pretty he's pretty much like a Jag. So, I mean, I don't think he's anything special. So, um, if they can get out early 3-0, 3-1, I think they can cruise to, um, you know, a victory here by multiple runs. As we're talking, the NBA releases their opening night schedule. I saw that. For, uh, it's, a good, it's a good schedule. Yeah. Pretty good, good schedule. schedule. Uh, good some some late NBA night fans. games, though, on the West Coast yeah. and Mountain Time. So yeah. Uh, all right, guys, let's get over three games left here. Uh, ten ten Eastern start: the Rockies and the Dodgers. Austin Gomber gets to start here for the Colorado Rockies, and Lance Lynn gets to start here for the Dodgers. Who would have thought this season that uh, Lance Lynn would be a minus three twenty five <laughs> favorite, plus two sixty on the money line for the Colorado Rockies? Total is set at nine. Run line minus one and a half, minus one forty-eight for the Dodgers, and plus one and a half, plus one twenty-four for the Colorado Rockies. Um, Lante, take us away, man. Man, Dodgers looking good, and they're they're getting reinforcements back. Uh, they're getting uh, Kershaw back. Is he back tonight or is tonight? He's right? back, back tonight. tonight. Yeah, he's back tonight, and I think they're getting um, they're getting one more guy back. Um, well, Martinez on is coming back at some point. Yeah. So yeah, man, they're they're adding a bunch of new guys. I mean, a bunch of guys back. And they're rolling right now. I mean, they've won eight of the last 10. Uh, dom- of course, they're dominant at home, 34 and 20. They've owned Colorado this year. Um, Colorado's, you know, 20 and 39 on the road. I'm going to go with the Dodgers on the team total. Uh, you know, they're they're 4 and 1 in the last five games against Colorado, outscoring them 45 to 18 in those games. At home, they're 18 and 6, outscoring them 18 to 6. Um, I mean, Gomber, he's been pretty good. Lately, I'm not going to lie, but I don't trust him against the Dodgers lineup and, and what they've been doing lately. Uh, Lynn, I mean, four earned runs combined on eight, on nine hits and two starts. It, they were all home runs, so if he can cut that down, I think he'll be fine against his lineup. Uh, he's also had 13 Ks combined, so I might look at a K prop for Lynn also, but Dodgers team total over for me. Uh, it, it's pretty simple, and Dodgers playing great baseball right now. Scott? I'm actually kind of on the fence with this one because I, too, I think Dodgers are going to win, but the price is so insane on Lance Lynn. Give me Rockies first five. Let's have some fun with this. I'm going to put some faith in Gomber. I think this price is a bit off. I know I know Lynn's been good in his two starts with the Dodgers, but I do think, once again, I can't lay this number with Lance Lynn. I acknowledge that the Dodgers have been great offensively lately, but I do think Colorado's bullpen is where the problems are going to come and where the Dodgers are going to blow this game open. I could really see Gomber potentially dueling it out, once again, duel in quotes, with Lance Lynn. I see a close game for five innings. If I'm going to pick a close game in five innings, I'll take a massive plus money price in the first five. You know what the price is in the first five? The full uh, game run line is going to be two and a half. You can probably find first five run line at one and a half, potentially for the Rockies. But yeah, Nothing yet that I okay. see. It's going to be in the two, two to one. It's going to be north of two to one. Yeah, I just see the total. Uh, there I are yeah. worse ways. You'll probably get a gamble. Two hundred money line. Yeah, I think it's gonna be more than that. Honestly, it's three and change. It might be like two forty for the first five, but I'm gonna take it. Yeah, let's have some fun. Give me Gomber first five money line. Yeah, Gomber's been actually been pretty good against the Dodgers um, in his career. At least, hold on, let me say at least uh, since the 2021 season um, when he joined the Colorado Rockies. Uh, 
despite having 0-1 record, he does have a respectable 3.86 ERA. Um, three of his four starts against the Dodgers uh, in that span, uh, he allowed one earned run in those games. So um, I'll, I'm going to lean with the Rockies here. First five, like Scott said. The price is just so game. outrageous for Lance. I, can't I know how good the Dodgers are. Like, I'm aware. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I can't do it. I just can't yeah. do it with Lance Lynn. Yeah, ba- based on these prices, it's just a, a huge pass for me. But lean on the Rockies. Um, maybe on the, if you want to take the run line, even if you get a decent price on the plus two and a half, I think it's definitely first five is really probably going to be plus one and a half like that. That I find pretty appealing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Two games left here, guys. Let's get over to a 10, 10 Eastern start at the Baltimore Orioles. They are in Seattle to take on the Mariners. Kyle Gibson gets a start here for the Orioles and Luis Castillo is on the mound here for the Seattle Mariners. Mariners minus 142 road favorite, sorry, home favorite here. Plus 120 on the money line for the Baltimore Orioles. Total set at eight. Run line minus one and a half, plus 145 for the Mariners, and plus one and a half, minus 175 for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Kyle Gibson on the season has been respectable. He's got a lot of offensive support. I'll say that much when he's uh, uh, starting games for the uh, Orioles. On the season, he is 11 and six with a 4.50 ERA. Uh, last five starts, 2 and 0 with a 4.15 ERA. He did face the Mariners earlier this season where he did get shelled in three innings. He allowed five earned runs and seven hits to the Seattle Mariners on this on the road this season. He's been pretty solid six and three with a 3.95 ERA. The Orioles have won four of his last five starts. Uh, His last start was against the uh, Mets seven innings. He allowed three earned runs uh, and the Orioles should get the seven to three victory there. Uh, Luis Castillo on the other side. He has been really good at home for the Mariners. On the season, seven and seven with a three point two one ERA, but at home he's five and three with a two point seven nine ERA. Did get roughed up in his last start against the Angels. Uh, he allowed ten hits in six innings pitched, seven earned runs. But prior to that, he was really solid uh, for the Mariners. Seems like a tough tra- travel spot for the Baltimore Orioles, going from Baltimore all the way to the West Coast. Uh, I know they had a game earlier, so they're probably already on in route to Seattle. But um, going from East Coast to West Coast, maybe it takes a little bit to adjust, at least for game one. Um, I'll, I'll lean with the Mariners here. They've been play, playing some pretty good baseball. Definitely do have the best pitcher on the mound here. Uh, I'll lean with the uh, Mariners money line, minus 142 here, Alante. Yeah, man, could you imagine if Castillo was still with the Reds? They had him at the top of that. Rotation. I think you were going to say with the Yankees. No, no, no. We were rumored to get him for a couple of years. Yeah, I know, I know. He used to kill us when, whenever he was Yeah, every Reds. time. Still yeah, does. Uh, yeah, he does. Um, but yeah, man, I think Castillo is he's pitched better than his record has indicated. I think me and you Munaf were uh like banging a drum for him uh like in the past, whenever he was kind of he wasn't struggling, he was kind of just not getting a lot of run support. But I mean he got blasted in his last start, but before that, I mean he's only allowed over three earned runs twice in 15 starts. So I mean he's pitching really well. Um, I honestly think that this series is similar to the series with Baltimore and uh, and Houston. I think it's kind of a toss up, but I'll go with the better pitcher at home. Uh, you know, Seattle's you know rolling one seven straight nine of their last ten. Um, they're thirty three and twenty six at home, forty and thirty as a favorite. So uh, you mentioned the travel. I think that could be a uh, I think that could be an advantage for Seattle here. So I'll lay it with Seattle on the road with the better pitcher. I mean, on the at home with the better pitcher. I'm sorry, Scott. So I'm going to go with Seattle. It's really a tough spot because Baltimore getting plus money is very appealing. But I I know I was in the comment section uh, live a couple episodes ago, and there was a discussion going on about the Mariners making the playoffs. 
I said at some point they're going to be one back of Toronto. I think they're getting in. I think they're going to get in. So they've won seven straight. They've been playing some good baseball. They finally are starting to live up to preseason expectations in a way based on current form. I like how the team's played. They still strike out too much, but at least they're hitting some home runs and the pitching's been good. But I'm going to go with Seattle. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think Toronto is going to fall apart because the manager sucks. And I'm going to back that narrative. Give me the team that's won seven straight at home. All right. Last game on the board. We got the Texas Rangers. They are in Giant, oh, sorry, in San Francisco to take on the Giants. 10-15 Eastern start here. Uh, John Gray gets started here for the Rangers. And Scott Alexander gets started here for the Giants. Giants are a slight home favorite of minus 112 here. Minus 108 on the money line for the Texas Rangers. Total set at eight. Uh, run line minus one and a half, plus 160 for the Rangers. And plus one and a half, minus 192 for the San Francisco uh, Giants here. Um, Scott, close out strong. So for this one, I think the first look I'm going to have is going to be the... You, we have a total in this game? Eight. I think I'm going to lean under in this one. Uh, Texas got shut out yesterday, but Seager didn't play. But Alexander's a lefty, so I do think maybe he can... I don't know if, he, I don't know if anybody can get in Seager's way, to be honest. But Gray's been decent this season, 3.72 ERA. Giants really did not perform well in the last couple games against the Angels. Offensively, they've been a bit hit or miss lately. But I think when you're looking at how this game's going to unfold, I see a classic game in Oracle Park which is just a rock fight. It's a late night game in San Francisco. You don't tend to see many runs in those games, and I don't expect to see many runs here. I'm going to lean to the under. I think we'll see a lower scoring game. If I had to pick a side, I would lean to Texas because I have more faith in their offense than the Giants offense, obviously. But I do think looking at this overall matchup, I think I'm going to lean under. I see a classic late night Giants game that ends like four to two. Lante? Yeah, I can I can buy into that. Um, also, I, I didn't look at it that way, but that's a, that's a great handicap. Um, San Francisco bit inconsistent as of late. I mean, Texas lost two zero to. Uh, they let the Angels win post trade deadline. Nobody <laughs> lets the Angels win post trade deadline. <laughs> right, right. But uh, Texas still they've won eight of the last ten. I thought the offense has been pretty good, uh, and they're not bad on the road either. I think they're either five hundred or a game over five hundred on the road. Offense is rolling. Um, Gray, he's been a bit up and down his last five or six starts, but. On the road, I mean, he's allowed two earned runs or fewer in uh, four of his last six, so I think that's positive. Um, San Francisco is usually good in openers, as we all know, but, I mean, the way Texas' offense is playing, I, I think they can come out and get it done. So I'll slightly lean to Texas um, on the run line here. I mean, on the money line here. Yeah, Scott Alexander is more of a guy that's a spot starter. He's only going to go about one inning for you. Um, he's going for stripling, right? Stripling's been good. Yeah, and stripling has been good. So, yeah. And then they'll put Manaya in there to stretch it out to like what, three, four innings. Oh, no, stripling's yeah. been kind of stretched out recently. He's been going like into the sixth inning for the last couple. Yeah, of and years. I don't know why he doesn't get more innings. I don't know if it's – I don't think it's at all. I like him at Toronto. Yeah. I, I thought he was – I was, I was never a fan of stripling at all, but I will acknowledge he's been good for the last month. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll lean with the Rangers here with John Gray. Uh, I don't love it, but again – Check the I'm not, not going to have any action on this game. Just yeah, I'm not going to have any action either. But if you had a gun to my head, if you need a play, I would probably lean with the Ranger. I think they're, they should bounce back offensively at least here. Maybe like a four-two-five-five-two type of game yeah, here. I think it sneaks under the uh, under the total as well. All right, guys, that was the last game on the schedule. One order of business left here before we get out of here. Let's get into our lock and dog for the Friday games. Uh, Lante, you want to lead us off? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm gonna go with the lock and a dog from. No, I guess it's, they're not. They're not a dog uh, anymore. So I'll go with a lock right here with Milwaukee laying the run and a half. Uh, we mentioned it, Burns. I, I think he's too short. If you want to lay it with 
you know, um, on the run line. If you, uh, that's not enough, you know, if it's not too much juice for you, uh, I think that's a good bet. But I mean, Milwaukee, they should come in here and dominate. I mean, Burns not allowed to over 200 runs since, you know, June 25th. So he's been dialed in. Uh, he's not allowing a lot of hits either. Chicago, one of the worst hitting teams in the MLB. Um, they're 28 and 51 as a dog. I don't see them having any, any kind of fight here. I think Milwaukee can come out and bury them. So I think they can win, you know, four, one, uh, five, zero type of game here. Um, as for my dog, come back to me. Cause I want, I wanted to do Oakland, but I can't give it out. Cause it doesn't have a number. So can you come back to me? You can on give the it dog? out. I gave out the white Sox uh, money line in the last show. They didn't have a line out. Let me check another website that usually um, ha- on an odd screen that usually has. It's going to be uh, short. I'm assuming Oakland's going to be like yeah. plus 105 or plus 110. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's fun. I'll do. I'll take. I'll take it here. I'll go. With, I'll go with Cincinnati on the run line minus one and a half. So I got two run line plays. Uh, I, I like Cincinnati in the spot. Um, I, I think the game's going to be pretty good. Uh, I just like Abbott. I mean, I think he's going to bounce back from those two past performances. Uh, one earned run a few in four of his last six row starts. He's had uh, three shutouts in that span. I think Cincinnati's offense can wake up just a little bit to to get over the number. Avieto has been good, but he has a tendency to let it get away from him um, a, a little bit here. So I think Cincinnati can get back on track with offensively and, and get a win here. So I'm looking for maybe like a 3-1, 4-2 type of game from Cincinnati here. All right. Uh, Scott, what do you got? Uh, for me, for my lock, I think I'm going to go back to the first game we talked about. I'm going to go with the under. Uh, you, it was eight and a half, I believe, in the eight Guardians and, and yeah. Rays game. I think eight and a half is too high. Just simply put, I see some eights now, so grab the eight and a half if you still can. But I'm going to take it because I found one available at WinBet. So I'm going to go with the eight and a half under. Savale, I know, was hit or miss in his first start with Tampa. But for the most part, he's still been good this year, 2.55 ERA. Curry's been solid, but it's really just fading Cleveland's offense. They have done nothing offensively for the last week and change. It's been an issue for several years. But once again, to go through the offensive numbers for the Guardians, this is runs scored. 4-0-1-1-3-4-4-2-0-3. And yeah, it, it's been rough. So I don't think they're going to score many runs. Curry's been fine. And I think that Tampa's offense has been struggling for the last couple of months. It's been better lately. But I do think you're looking at another ugly game in the trop that probably finishes like 4 2 5 3, something like that. Yeah. Eight and a half, though, for these two pitchers, I think does feel a little bit high. I'm going to go with the under. And this one is my lock. And for my dog, I think I'm going to have – I really am tempted to go head-to-head against Alante here. Ooh, uh, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm tempted to, but I'm also tempted to take Miami run line at home against the Yankees. But I see the run line for the for the Marlins is plus one and a half. It's one of those weird reverse run lines yeah. where they don't give me the minus one and a half. I think Miami is going to probably win comfortably against the Yankees, but – you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust my instincts again. I got to find a price on it whenever I can find it, but I can guarantee you it's going to be plus money. Give me Lazardo and the Marlins minus one and a half. I don't have faith in Vasquez, whoever the Yankees are going to throw. They just ended up losing a series to the White Sox of all teams. So, you know, this team is definitely in trouble. Give me the Marlins a run line at probably a big plus money price as my dog. My runner up dog was Pittsburgh money line at like plus 110. I think Pittsburgh's been in good form. So that's my runner-up dog, but I'll go with the Marlins instead. All right. Uh, for my lock, I am going to go with the over nine and a half in the Braves and the Mets game. Uh, Tyler McGill and Charlie Morton on the mound. 
Uh, two pitchers that are in bad form. Talked about how good the Braves offense is. And you know, I think the Mets can definitely tag Charlie Morton for a few runs as well. They did in his uh, two starts earlier this season um, against Morton. So I think nine and a half, that number is a little uh, conservative here. Um, you get a minus 105 right now over on DraftKings on over the, over the nine and a half. But won't be surprised if we do see at least 12 runs being scored in this game combined by both these uh, teams. So over nine and a half for me. And then for my dog, I thought it would be a bigger dog here on the on the Padres on the run line, but I'll go with the hometown team, the Houston Astros, Justin Verlander, uh, minus one and a half. It's down to plus one ten now. It was at plus one fourteen when we were talking about the game. I didn't realize but, it was still plus money. Yeah, it's no. at it's at plus one ten. So uh should be of a gem of a game for Verlander being back in the juice box at his first uh home start since the trade, since coming back. The the crowd is gonna be hyped. Uh Reed Detmers has struggled mightily against the Houston Astros. I think this should be a comfortable win for the Astros. And Fernando had a great start against the Yankees. Uh, he did go seven innings, but he just didn't get the run support in that game. So being back at home, hopefully Dusty Baker doesn't put out a shit lineup uh, with some of the guys that he does want to put in the lineup. But um, I think the You're Astros... You're to see Maldonado back there, by the way. He will be back there. but I know, because he catches Verlander pretty well. Yeah, but if Diaz is in that DH spot or at least, you know... If Alvarez in the outfield, I think that, you know, he can find a way to get those guys in there because I think there was a game this week against the Orioles where he had Diaz as a DH, and I think that might have been a game where Alvarez was uh, getting a rest day. But nonetheless, uh, Verlander should shut down this Angels offense, and then I think that Astros definitely scored enough runs uh, for them to get the run line cover here. So minus one and a half, uh, plus 110. Definitely shop around. Maybe you can find some better odds on that uh, dog price. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast. Uh, we did miss two games, which was the Royals and the Cardinals. Uh, Wainwright's on the mound. I don't know if we need to say much about that. But um, And then the Dodge – sorry, the Red Sox. I was going to lean Kansas City anyway. Yeah, and then the yeah, Red Sox and uh, – who are they playing? They're uh, playing tomorrow. Detroit. Yeah, so yeah, – the- I like Detroit. Detroit, I'll lean Detroit the, first five with Scooble. I don't yeah. trust Chris Sale off the IL, assuming yeah. it's going to be Chris Sale pitcher. Yeah. Um, so those were the two games that we did miss, but again, they didn't have any lines posted yet. But um, Scott, anything else? Not really. Been sweating out tennis picks this afternoon. So hopefully my dog from the podcast cashes. Uh, Lante, anything else? No, I'm good. Uh, all right. Make sure to uh, you subscribe to the MLB Gambling Podcast YouTube channel. If you haven't already signed up for the Patreon, uh, we do a lot of free content or everything we do is free as far as content and our pods and our picks and things like that. So it's a great way to you guys to support uh, the network. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon uh, and come join us also in the Discord uh, for patrons only. It's a lot of fun uh, kicking it with the guys in there. And again, weekly contests that are free to enter that have some nice uh, cash prizes uh, and, uh, for those um, for those contests as well. Uh, me and D-Rock will be back tomorrow for our lock dog and total picks. We'll kick some tires again on some things uh, happening around the MLB. Maybe we'll talk about the Aaron Boone ejection. Maybe we'll talk about, um, you know, some other stuff. Uh, but join us tomorrow at the usual time. Till then, good luck with your picks. Let's break these books off and let it ride.